Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us in this episode of ASHP's podcast on medication safety, the podcast where we discuss current trends in medication safety, regulatory issues, and best practices that improve patient care. This is part of the ISMP Best Practice Podcast Series, supported by the Medication Safety SAG. My name is Stacey Ethington, Medication Safety Nurse Specialist at Nebraska Medicine in Omaha, and today we will be chatting with Nick Kreitz, Medication Safety Pharmacist Specialist at Nebraska Medicine. Today we will be chatting with Nick about ISMP Best Practice Number 2 that focuses on safeguards related to treatment with oral methotrexate and some interventions Nebraska Medicine put in place to comply with the best practice and ensure patients are safely discharged on oral methotrexate. Thanks for joining us today. Nick, to start things off, why is it important for hospitals to take special precautions when discharging patients on oral methotrexate? Yeah, hello, Stacey, and, and thank you. So over the years, ISMP has shared several stories of errors related to oral methotrexate being prescribed as daily instead of weekly for non-oncologic indications. In 2019, ISMP actually published an article in their Quarter Watch newsletter related to this exact error. In that article, they found that out of 14 cases analyzed where methotrexate was mistakenly taken daily, five patients died and nine were admitted to the hospital as a result of the error. So one specific case that ISMP shared several years ago was a patient that was prescribed weekly methotrexate for an autoimmune disorder. When the community pharmacy dispensed the medication, they mistakenly provided instructions for the patient to take it daily. The error was identified several weeks later when the patient requested a refill but they still required an extended stay in the hospital to treat the methotrexate toxicity. So as a result of these serious safety events over the past few decades, in 2014, ISMP introduced this hospital best practice with several recommendations on ways to prevent serious patient harm or death. The best practice includes some great recommendations on how you can leverage the electronic medical record or the EMR and educate patients to ensure this high-risk medication is prescribed and taken safely. Wow, those are definitely some unfortunate events that you described. What steps did you take to help prevent providers from mistakenly ordering daily methotrexate when weekly dosing was intended? Yeah, so one of the first recommendations in this best practice is to use weekly dosage regimen defaults for oral methotrexate orders in the EMR. So when we reviewed this best practice a few years ago, Initially, we worked with our EMR analysts to identify and review all of the oral methotrexate orders we had in our system. We then updated those orders so that they defaulted with a weekly frequency. We also really wanted to make sure that we weren't encouraging or prompting providers to order the daily frequency. So we removed any frequency button that would prompt a provider to order the daily frequency. I think it's also key to call out the importance of evaluating both inpatient and outpatient methotrexate orders. In REMR, these are separate types of orders, so we wanted to make sure both were updated appropriately. In addition to updating the default frequencies, I did actually see an example. I thought it was a great example recently where a hospital implemented a pop-up or a warning whenever a frequency of daily was ordered. It looked like it prompted the provider to validate they wanted to order the methotrexate as daily, and to also acknowledge that the indication was for an oncologic reason. 
I thought this was a great additional safeguard to the default frequency recommendation. And it's something that I'm interested in investigating at our organization. One other important step to consider is making sure an accurate and complete medication history is performed when patients are admitted to the hospital. At our organization, pharmacy completes medication history and medication reconciliation on all patients admitted to the inpatient setting. This is really a great opportunity to validate the frequency is documented correctly at admission so it is accurate through the inpatient stay and at discharge. If the methotrexate is continued inpatient during medication reconciliation, the pharmacist can also make sure the inpatient order is timed to start on the correct day. For example, if the patient tells the pharmacist at home they take it every Monday, it would be important for us to schedule the inpatient order for every Monday as well to prevent the patient from getting a dose too soon or too late. Great. Thanks, Nick, for that response. You mentioned something about indication. The ISMP best practice recommends including a recommendation on oral methotrexate orders. Why are indications valuable and how did you meet this recommendation? Yeah, so indications are are an interesting and I think sometimes controversial topic, at least at our organization. I personally believe there's great value in having an indication on a medication order. When an indication is present, it can easily communicate to providers, pharmacists, nurses, community pharmacies, and patients what the reason for that particular medication is. In our EMR, all medication orders have the option to select an indication, but it is not always required. We do have the ability to hard stop an indication in an order, which means the provider must select an indication before signing the order. This could mean they click one of the pre-populated indications, which are usually the FDA-approved indications, or they can also free text the indication in the order. Uh, What we found is some providers may be reluctant to require indications since it forces an additional click or typing in the order. We've also heard concerns about this maybe being a little bit duplicative documentation for them when they do have have to associate diagnoses in their charting. But I believe for medications like methotrexate, the benefit definitely justifies the extra time. Uh, At Nebraska Medicine, we do not require indications for all medications, but we do utilize a required indication hard stop feature in our EMR for certain medications or medication classes. This does include antibiotics, ketamine, all new prescriptions that are signed during inpatient discharge, and a handful of other medications. To meet this best practice, I took the recommendation to our hospital medication management committee and to our PNT committee to gain provider approval and support. After sharing the ISMP best practice and the benefits an indication can have on this type of medication, the committee is all approved hard stopping the indication on both inpatient and outpatient orders for oral methotrexate. So now whenever a provider enters an order for oral methotrexate in the inpatient and outpatient setting, they must select an indication And this indication is easily visible to the pharmacist during verification. It also appears on the patient's home med list. And for inpatient situations, it appears on the nursing MAR as well. So one important consideration and possibly a difficulty or limitation we have run into is how do we make sure retail pharmacies can see the indication that was selected? I've seen other organizations require indications and actually include this information in the SIG of the prescription that goes to the community pharmacy and ultimately ends up on the medication bottle. After seeing this at another organization, we wanted to pilot this. So two years ago, we performed a pilot in several of our outpatient clinics where we required an indication 
for all new prescriptions that came from the clinic. And we had the indication appear in the SIG so that it went to the pharmacy and that it would be labeled on the medication bottle. The pilot wrapped up shortly before the pandemic, and we are just now getting back to reviewing the data and surveys that we gathered from those pilots. I'm really hopeful that we can use the data from this pilot to require indications for all outpatient prescriptions, but we still need to have those conversations with our provider groups. One last thing to note about required indications in the EMR is that when you do turn that functionality on, at least with our system, we had to be considerate of the impact it would have on previously signed treatment or therapy plans. We have previously worked with our EMR analysts to identify and update those plans when needed, and methotrexate would be an example of that. And that when we did turn that on, we, we had to go back and look at those signed plans and make sure that those indications were updated. Otherwise, when nursing released those plans, when the patient would visit places like the infusion centers, they would be prompted to attach the indication at that time, which is really not ideal for nurses and that workflow. So, so we tried to go back and review and, and get those addressed before they would reach the nurse. Great. Thank you for all of that information. An important part of this best practice is ensuring patients are adequately educated on how to properly take oral methotrexate. What steps did you implement to make sure patients are educated prior to being discharged? Yeah. So in our EMR, we developed a few years ago, a kind of a homegrown feature that we call the pharmacist checklist. In this pharmacist checklist, there's three different types or buckets for checklist items. We have a patient list column that notifies the pharmacist when there are daily items they should review. The daily items include things like naloxone administration, a significant change in renal function, and some others. It's really focused on things that we really want the pharmacist to know about on any given day so they can go and review the patient's medications and, and make interventions when needed. Uh, we also have a column in the checklist when education is required. This includes meds so like warfarin, uh, the DOAX, methotrexate is one that we included in there so that whenever we really want pharmacists to go and talk to the patient prior to discharge, they do have this on their list. It helps ensure that it is done before they leave. The last column that we have is related to some other um, discharge items, and it, it can be just special communication or notes for discharge, um, maybe things like storing patient home meds and some others. So when the patient has methotrexate on their discharge med list, the pharmacist is prompted via that checklist to complete education prior to discharge. The system will actually not allow the pharmacist to enter their order saying that they've signed off on reviewing the discharge until they have documented that the methotrexate education has occurred. Uh, when educating, pharmacists use and document on specific education points related to oral methotrexate. So this really helps us ensure that we, we have kind of a standardized and consistent approach to how we education, how we educate for this particular med. In addition to the pharmacist education, we also automatically populate education points on the patient's after-visit summary. This information summarizes the important key points for taking the methotrexate weekly for non-oncologic indications. So it's just another resource for the patient in their discharge paperwork that highlights the importance of not taking it daily and to do the weekly regimen. Great. How can pharmacist review of discharge orders help prevent errors related to oral methotrexate? 
I can't understate the importance of val- and value of pharmacist discharge medication reconciliation, and, and really not only for methotrexate, but for all medications. I feel like this is a great opportunity for pharmacists to make sure discharge medications are appropriate for the patient and to catch any potential errors or drug interactions at discharge. At our organization, whenever a provider signs the discharge medication orders, the pharmacist is notified via an in-basket message and also a patient list column that the discharge is ready for them to review. The pharmacist will review all of the orders and make sure they're being sent to the appropriate pharmacy. And after completing their review, the pharmacist will release the discharge orders and order acknowledging they have reviewed and signed off on the discharge. Uh, Once this is completed, the nurse can then proceed with discharging the patient. So this is really a great opportunity for the pharmacist to double check the oral methotrexate order and make sure that the frequency is, is appropriate. And will also be somewhat of a trigger in addition to the checklist I previously mentioned. It's also a trigger for them to to know that I've got to go do that that teaching with the patient before they leave. Great. Thank you for that information. One of the ISMP recommendations is to require the patient to repeat back the instructions to validate they understand the dosing schedule. How does your organization meet this recommendation? So we use the education points in our EMR. They do prompt the individual that completes the education to basically acknowledge that they've utilized a repeat back method. While use of the readback method is documented, I have to admit that it is difficult sometimes to validate it as being used consistently. This practice can easily vary depending on the individual that is completing the education. I believe continued reinforcement of preferred strategies for educating patients is probably helpful to ensure read or repeat back methods are being used. And it's something I want to pursue in the near future to make sure we are meeting this this particular best practice. What strategies have you used to provide patients with a copy of the free ISMP high alert medication consumer leaflet on oral methotrexate at the time of discharge? So we do include a hyperlink to the leaflet in our discharge AVS information. AVS is after-visit summary information. But I do think we still have maybe an opportunity to make sure the leaflet is more visible to the patient at discharge. The default information for the after-visit summary is, is nice, but having the leaflet more readily available really reinforces the information in an easy-to-follow format. So one opportunity or thing we want to investigate with our EMR team and education experts is to see if we can actually leverage some features that will have the flyer auto-populate in the AVS or as maybe an attachment to the AVS at discharge. I believe we've done this with some other types of education. So this is something I'd like to pursue here in the coming months to see if it will work for us and with methotrexate. Great. Well, that's all the time we have today. I want to thank Nick for joining us to discuss ISMP best practice number two and his experience with meeting the recommendations. Please check out the rest of the ISMP best practice podcast series supported by the Medication Safety SAG. If you haven't before, I encourage you all to check out ASHP's medication safety resources. You can find member exclusive offerings such as the Patient Safety Resource Center, patient education resources through safemedication.com, and exchange ideas and ask questions with your peers on the ASHP Medication Safety Connect community. 
Thanks again for tuning in for this session of ASHP's podcast on medication safety, and be sure to subscribe to ASHP podcast through your favorite podcast provider. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.